Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. Your plans may change abruptly. So you may have a certain way of progressing down one road and all of a sudden things out of your control happen and you have to pivot. So the key thing is just, you know, if they will happen, just be flexible, be adaptable and just get ready to pivot. And I think, you know, just looking at your background, right, of how many hats do you have now, <laughs> uh, I think you're more than capable of pivoting and being adaptable. So that I'm not too worried about you. But just and just to be aware, again, these are some energies that are uh, present that, uh, that could affect you. So again, forewarned is forearmed. And good evening. Welcome back to another RJ Ledesma podcast. I hope you're all enjoying this lovely Tuesday evening. Now, here on the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in the new normal. Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know. Drop me a message. We'd also like to let all of you know that we are live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, and Global Pinas TV. And tonight, you might be wondering why I'm wearing a red shirt over here. It's not my birthday, but rather, I'm celebrating that uh, for those of you out there who are Voltus 5 fans, very happy to finally see the trailer and the first three stars of the upcoming Voltus 5 teleserie on GMA. Again, to direct Mark, very excited to watch your upcoming program. So all of you, please do stay tuned. Let's support, uh, let's support direct Mark, GMA7, and of course, our good friends doing the Voltus 5. Bring Voltus 5 to a new generation of children here in the Philippines. Of course, advanced happy Kung Hei Fa Choi, happy Chinese New Year to everybody listening to us here right now. And one more thing. I'd like to greet all of my friends from Globe My Business listening to us here right now as we see the new normal coming up and we reinvent our businesses for the new normal. We'd like to let all of you know that Globe My Business has business-grade products and solutions that you can all use. We've got the Globe My Business Digital Shop. Again, the Globe My Business Digital Shop. Later, can we show our credentials there on screen? You can go to Globe My Business Shop. And I've got one just for myself, Globe My Business Shop RJ. If you guys can drop by that store, we'd really appreciate it here right now. And uh, the Globe My Business Digital Shop is now available to help you start with your journey towards digitalization. If you are still yet unfamiliar with your digital transformation, 
Globe can help you out. The Globe by Business Shop can provide all the right business essentials and tools to kickstart every person's SME business dreams by supporting their journey towards digitalization. And with that, moving on quickly to our guest here for this evening. Now, I'm actually very excited for our next guest to come over here. Uh, and I've worked with him a lot uh, when he was based here in the Philippines. Our next guest, especially for Chinese New Year, where we find out more about the business of Fung Sui and the Fung Sui of business. We are joined by Patrick Lim Fernandez. He's a Fung Sui expert and advocate of the classical schools of Fung Sui and Chinese metaphysics. Patrick holds degrees in management engineering from Ateneo de Manila and an MBA from the University of California in LA with advanced analytics from my alma mater, MIT and Stanford University. At the same time, he's currently pursuing his next degree. It's not other master's degree, which I found that he's pursuing right now a master's degree in data science from Harvard. Patrick combines classical feng shui principles and traditions with a historical past in business finance, and actual uh, real estate to produce fundamentally sound feng shui recommendations that are analytically driven while promoting success in money and good business fortune. I really want to find out how he has reconciled both his understanding from MBA and analytics using that to analyze feng shui. So to learn more about the feng shui of business and the business of feng shui, we are joined right now by Patrick Lim Fernandez. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hi, RJ. Good to be here. And as you mentioned, si Pat Tsai, Kong Hui Pat Choi. Uh, last year, this time, we were celebrating uh, the New World, Welcome in the Year of the Rat, and my how times have changed. So I'm glad we're still able to, to be together. Again, thanks so much, Patrick, for joining us. And thanks especially for, for staying up or waking up early uh, right now, friends. Patrick <laughs> is based here in the States. So I have to make a special request. Patrick, please do stay up for this for our show here tonight. Now, uh, Patrick, just a question. Lang, no? I mean, I just want to say this right now. You know, Patrick's family is very close to me, the Fernandeses, and his dear departed sister, Princess, was a very good friend. Every year, I would actually host the Chinese New Year of their business, the Yin and Yang Shop of Harmony. And even last year, pre-pandemic, right before the lockdown, I even had a chance to host. Me and Patrick got to talk. I'll be very briefly, and get to, we got to bond over there. So again, thanks so much for that opportunity. And for those people who are listening to us here right now, and you've got questions about feng shui or the feng shui of business, please do put it in the chat box. We would love to hear from you. Now, moving on very quickly, Patrick, and you know this is very interesting. Uh, people are wondering, wow, this guy who's you know who's done an MBA and done uh, management engineering from Ateneo has analytics, data science, is doing feng shui. So people are getting very curious about that one. Now, if you were to step back and you you had to explain it in a layman's way. Can you please help us better understand what Feng Shui is all about in the context that some people are wondering, is it science, pseudoscience? Is it a religion? Uh, what exactly is Feng Shui? Sure. So if we translate Feng Shui, which is from Chinese Mandarin, Feng is wind and Shui is water. So it literally means wind and water and nothing more than that. So if this were the same science in Tagalog, it would be hanging a too big. It's nothing more mystical than that. Sorry to uh, burst a lot of people's bubbles. So the key thing here really is it's living in harmony with nature and the environment. So as you mentioned, it's based on you know calculations and structures. And I think 
three common misconceptions I, I can say is number one, it's some sort of religion. Number two, it's some sort of fortune telling. And then number three, there's a kind of mystical you know, thing involved. I think, you know, thanks to some movie series we had in the Philippines not too long ago, I think that's why people believe that. But again, here to say that uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, number one, in terms of religion, uh, religion is a structured belief system with the deity or deities and you know, certain mor moral conduct. Feng Shui is none of that. It does not fit those definitions, so it's therefore not a religion. Uh, in terms of fortune telling, fortune tellers or psychics will look at look at your face, look at the sky, will look at birds and divine the future from tea leaves and so on, and then say with 100% certainty that this is what will happen three days from Sunday. And again, sorry, again, to burst people's models that feng shui is not that. It is not fortune telling where there's going to be a prediction that something will happen with certainty. It is simply not that. And then I think the third about mysticism, mm -hmm. again, it does not deal with ghosts. It does not deal with spirits. It does not deal with uh, you know anything of that sort. It's really going back to the definition earlier. It's understanding the flows of energy in the world. And we call it chi, so the life energy. And the easiest way to think about chi is if you have chi, you're alive. If you don't have chi, you're dead. <laughs> so that's the, probably the easiest way to explain chi. And we have chi all around us and even in our bodies. So within our bodies, acupuncture, for example, is the way that uh, Chinese traditional uh, medicine practitioners would flow, use the flow of chi in our body. Feng Shui is really what's around us. And it's knowing, for example, if you buy a certain property in our office, in our home, how do we understand the chi and make it work for us? So hopefully with, with that, RJ, I, um, it helped clarify some of uh, what feng shui is and what feng shui isn't. And one second distinction I also wanted to make is the energies uh, you know, of the place or the property and the, there's the energies of the person. The energies of the place would be feng shui. The energies of the person, we usually use the term Chinese metaphysics. You know, Some loose translations would be astrology or horoscopes. It really has to do with feng shui is the place. Chinese metaphysics is the person. And as we go through our conversation, um, I'll bring up that distinction as we go, but that's kind of just some basic definitions for us to start. I got that. And, you know, I mean, well, I hope you don't mind me saying this one, no? I mean, even when I looked at Wikipedia earlier on and tried to do a bit of research, no? I mean, it's not necessarily defined as scientific. In fact, it's either it's pseudo-scientific where does a sort of maybe the word is misunderstanding, or how come there's how come they when you say pseudo, it means that it's not real science? But where, where does a science come from? I mean, when you look back, where does that science come from? For or where does it originate from that it's so precise, or or it's coming from something that, that you studied? Sure, so fortunately, there's some history uh, with feng shui. So, for example, if I were to think of business or even some statistical methods that are being used today to make predictions, forecasts. Some of them have been around for maybe about you know, 40, 50 years, operations research since the 40s. And you know, so a, a lot of these things have happened less than a century. Uh, feng Shui has a little bit of a headway. It has about 6,000 years worth of a headway. So that's just to kind of give people a, a scope of this. So there, there have been books written throughout the, the, the generations uh, through China. And the interesting thing is this group of, of, of books, uh, knowledge about feng shui, they're only reserved 
Uh, it used to be for the emperor, for generals, people of authority. And where, when there was a certain conflict back in China, where there were invading hordes from the north, the emperor actually ordered several fake versions of these books to be made. <laughs> so uh, the ultimate Trojan horse fights, when they thought they were trying to get secret knowledge, now they weren't sure whether it was version A or version Z, right? And only one version was correct. So that's that's one way I think that you know over the years, as you mentioned, it's been lost uh, through the annals of time and so on and shrouded in mystery. But as you mentioned, the, the word pseudoscience, which is interesting, pseudo, which means like it's you know similar to like if we break down the scientific method, it really has to do with a structured process to apply to a you know a certain procedure to get reputable results. And I think for the traditional Western definition of science, where you can put it in journals, someone can um, come in and copy what someone did and then build on that to come up with exactly the same results. And for me, in terms of learning about feng shui, the good thing is there's few set beliefs of what it is. And a real practitioner will learn all of these different belief systems. And if you give 10 feng shui masters with the same training, the same set of data points, they will come up with the same conclusion. Ah, oh, really? Yeah? So I, didn't, I didn't realize that. If we use, wow. Yeah, wow. It, it does. And, and that's a beautiful thing about the system. In the olden times, this would be the traditional apprentice sitting at the foot of the master, learning the process. Now we have books and other methodologies to learn. You know, me, fortunately, I got to learn from Princess, my sister, and my mom as well. Uh, as it's kind of been passed down in our family. So, and we've learned our feng shui you know, for Princess She studied in Singapore, in Hong Kong, in the Philippines as well. So yeah, you, you give the same person the same data points and apply it to that same process, you will come up with the same conclusions. Okay. But then how come, for example, like earlier on, I had a chance to visit the mall. Every time it's you know nearing Chinese New Year, you see them selling a lot of different, um, you know, I, I wouldn't know the correct word, maybe ornaments, trinkets, you know, or they would tell you before, you've got to put a mirror over here or, or these, these, these different enhancements. I mean, how does science work into that one? Or is this something that is endorsed by what I would call maybe real practitioners of feng shui to have all these different enhancements or accessories to, to make feng shui work? Yeah, so it's interesting, the notion of objects or, as you mentioned, trinkets in, in, in the realm. Of feng shui. So, if we were to take a step back, the reason this exists in the first place is, you know, as we look at the energies in the world, they basically broke it down into five different elements. It's water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. Pretty much the whole world could be constructed from those five different elements. And with that classification system, uh, there's different sectors in a property, in a home, uh, you know, in a large development where those different elements come into play. Overlaid onto that is there's energies that happen throughout the year and even longer than that, 20-year cycles. So it's kind of like two different energies overlaid upon each other. And then the question becomes, for certain sectors with, let's say, a good wealth energy or a certain sector with strong sickness energy, how can I help enhance or how can I help subdue some of those energies? And traditionally, this is really made by applying the elements. So there's a cycle which says that, for example, wood creates fire, which is pretty, you know, it's easy to understand. So if you want to enhance something with fire, you put something with a wood element. 
into it. So it's either made of wood or the color green or something that evokes the characteristics of wood in the shape, it would be rectangular. And if you want to, for example, subdue something with fire, you put water. I which see. is again, yeah, pretty straightforward. So water would be something like a, a water feature, like a fountain, or uh, you could put you know something that's color blue, even humidifier. So following that cycle and that structure of the elements, that's where the certain items come in. So it's it's all about understanding how these different elements work together and then computing how the different years uh, line up. So for example, this year is the metal ox. So what does that forebode for both the person and the properties here in the world? And then from there, you come up with conclusions. What you mentioned already something very interesting, which I want uh, folks to know as well. There's going to be these quote-unquote one-size-fits-all solutions. As mentioned, this mirror will work for everyone or this uh, Buddha will work for everyone. You just put it here or here. The best solutions will really come from personalized readings and understanding of your property or your birth chart. So my analogy here is to say you go to a doctor and you ask for advice. The doctor knows nothing about you. The most generic things will apply and some of them might not even be correct. They'll say, oh, just have a healthy diet, exercise, you know, eat uh, vegetables and eat whatever, right? Uh, what if you're allergic to some of those things, right? Then all of a sudden, what seems to be general and good is actually not good for you. So then if you tell the doctor more information, you give your, your blood work and so on, and now he has more information about you, then you can give a better explanation of, okay, you have uh, ABC condition, therefore here's certain treatments that will help you and only you. And really that's how I see an analogy for this. Uh, you can get something that's generic, but... If you don't know how to use it and you apply it the wrong way, that can actually be more harmful. So uh, that's just kind of a you know some background to how these items or trinkets came to be, and just a word of caution about using it in what you're intending the purpose to be. Hello, listeners, and thanks so much for joining us at the RJ Ladesma podcast. I hope you are enjoying this episode as much as I am. Do you want to know how you can collab with your own brand here on the RJ Ledesma podcast? We use Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. If you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code in all caps RJ Ledesma to get full control of how you monetize your show regardless of its size. If you are an advertiser who wants to collaborate with us, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. I see. Now, ha- having said all that, one, well, it's very interesting. So what people realize right now, there's no generic one-size-fits-all and there's certain ex- level of expertise uh, that you need. If I step back a bit, does that mean that basically, because I mean, for Pinoy, basically they, they get those trinkets, they get those things because it says that it enhances luck, uh, and, and and you know luck, whatever luck can mean. No, I mean, but what you're trying to tell us, of course, is that throughout this whole thing, what you're using might not even enhance your luck. It might not. It might even be contrapuntal to what you want. Is that correct? Yes. So, for example, you get something good for wealth, but then you place it in a direction for sickness. Then you know. <laughs> It, it it's not, it's not going to help you. So, <laughs> so it, it 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 might defeat the purpose of what you're trying to achieve in the first place. No, exactly. You, um, might, you might just be throwing your money away, unfortunately. 
Now, the, the nice thing about your, your background, uh, Patrick, is I, I know I read about this one in your, in, in your bio. You know, you're able to blend feng shui knowledge while incorporating real-world business principles and sound architectural real estate guidelines to create solutions that maximize wealth and professional success. So to my mind, what that means is that you've actually married both your knowledge from, I guess, Western training with MBA and, and data science and analytics and seen how it works together with feng shui. But can you help us for, for those of us you know who aren't too knowledgeable about both? How you how were you able to reconcile it? Was that as the more that you did, the more that you studied you know math, the more that you studied operations research, the more that you got to your MBA analytics, it further reconfirmed for you Feng Shui? Did it contradict what you were trying to learn? Uh, what happened to you in in, the, in that process? Sure. So here's a little bit of my journey. Um, so I think yeah, growing up with this very traditional you know. Gen X, you know, uh, guys like us growing up in the Philippines, wanting to go to good schools and good courses. So uh, me, uh, Princess, my sister, Richie, our brother, we all went to La Salle, uh, Zobel, and we went to Ateneo Management Engineering. You're um, both animal and, and big fight. You know, we learned all this. Exactly. Green and blue. <laughs> it's all about balance and harmony. <laughs> so, so I think for me, you know, we grew up. Again, with, as you mentioned, a very Western type of thinking, all of these things we learned in school, like, you know, accounting and statistics and linear programming, calculus, they're all, uh, they all train the analytical mind, so to speak. Uh, and then plus in Ateneo, we were given all these philosophy and theology classes to always question, right? And it always, knowledge always starts with the question. So we became very healthy skeptics, which is, uh, which is I think, a good thing. It taught us how to think. You blend that with, you know, growing up, uh, our mom was very involved in Feng Shui and we would have Feng Shui masters come to the house. And then, of course, we wouldn't know anything, right? We'd see Sunday mornings, elderly Chinese gentlemen walking around our bedrooms telling, you know, what to do and what to put and, and so on. So that was also our initial foray into what Feng Shui was. And then over the years, as you kind of peel back the onion a little bit and then you understand not just what was done, but why it was done. And then you uncover all of these different things. So, for example, like in Feng Shui, uh, you know, Western uh, counting, for example, goes by the, the decimal system, 1 through 10. And the reason it different mindset in Feng Shui is there's about three different counting systems. So the first is a dual decimal system, so by base 12. So, for example, there's 12 uh, zodiac animals and so on. The other one is a ternary system, so base 9. So it goes from you know, one through nine for the different elements of the year and so on. And then last is a bigesimal system, which is by 20. So if you blend that with the traditional decimal system, thinking of the West, there are certain ways you have to kind of translate the two. But then once you translate it and connect, then it kind of makes sense. So honestly, for me, I came into it with a healthy skepticism as well. And then as you see all these different frameworks unfold, of, oh, this is why. Oh, okay, now I got it. And then, of course, you're always still questioning and whatnot, right? But the more you understand, the more kind of the beauty of the pattern comes out. It's similar to the movie uh, Beautiful Mind with John Nash, yeah. right? Where at first, it seems all jumbled and all of a sudden, everything becomes clear. That was, you know, for me over the years, my kind of personal journey with Feng Shui. And then on the real estate side, uh, I was fortunate enough, my first job out of college was with Ayala Land. And at the time, companies in the Philippines were just starting out trying to get a uh, feng shui element into the development. So uh, Paul Lau was, uh, and my first project was Ross Triangle, which is still there. And I think now there's a version, there's a second tower. Paul Lau was a consultant there. 
And then that's when I think feng shui became more prevalent into other businesses, uh, into other real estate developments as well. So we've been fortunate to do projects with Phil Invest, Art Land, and, and, and so on. So I think just uh, all of that combined throughout the years, even he, here in the U.S., learning more frameworks, learning more systems. Uh, the other thing this also taught me was now as I'm doing more statistics and data science, when you come up with outlooks, it is never a point estimate in time to say, you know, the weather on January 17th will be 97.8 degrees, right? It's always going to be the weather at this time will be 95 degrees plus minus a 95% confidence uh, of plus three and a half, right? It's always going to be couched with, with a certain estimate. So that's the thing about outputs as well. It gives you some guidance, but there's always going to be that, uh, you know, that room where you can make it your own, where it's not fatalistic of what's going to happen, but more probabilistic. So sorry for the, uh, it, it's just a personal story I wanted to share in terms of where I came from and kind of where I am no, now. No, I mean, and and I, I got a really good appreciation. And, and the thing I want to I wanna ask, having said all that, no, what was your John Nash moment and everything, you know? When you tried it one time, you go, oh, feng shui made sense with, with, with your Western training. And look where it worked out. Was there like, like one exact case or something happened? They go, it makes sense now when you made a, a, a business decision or whatever. It exactly met both your Western training and met your feng shui training. Sure. Uh, I could give two examples. First one is it has to do with the outlook for the, the person for the year. So, for example, if you're a year of dragon or year of the tiger, uh, what are the lucky and not so lucky energies in a certain year? And initially, I thought they were all random, where kind of like we look at the you know the Chinese almanac, the Tong Shu, and we figure try to figure out what's what's what. And then over time, with all the data gathered by Princess and my mom, and even with Richie helping, we were able to chart out for all the stars specific numerical patterns. And all of them had different patterns. Some were arithmetic, some were, you know, they, they were all following their own drumbeat, so to speak. So when I saw that, I'm like, wow, this really isn't random. There's a, there's a rhyme and rhythm to why these things occur, which made me appreciate it more, especially from my more quantitative mind. And then I think the second one is, as I've been doing consultations, uh, you know, taking over from Princess, We've been talking to clients at uh, different points in time where we initially give them, here's what it looks like for you. And then we talk to them again after six months or a year and just try to see what would happen. And a lot of times they would say that, hey, remember what you told me last year? It came true or that's how exactly things played out. And I think the most poignant one I can remember was we had a client where in her chart, there was a child star. They weren't thinking of having children. and Sure enough, and, and, and I mentioned that to her, you might not have fans now, but you do have a child star. And sure enough, in that year, she called and said, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm giving birth in a few weeks. <laughs> so, it, uh, you know, things like that where you have the initial outlook and then you see it kind of play out. Uh, and then you see, okay, there was really, this is how it came out based on the initial reading. And then it just brings things full circle. So those are a couple of things I can think of. Wow. And I, I can attest to, at least with, with Princess, because, you know, before she passed, I, every, every year we would talk to her and she was very helpful in terms of at least getting, getting things into what I would call harmony. Like you said, you, you, that's, what you, that's what Feng Shui is about, getting things into harmony. Now, having said all this, one, no, I think the, the, the thing that many people are wondering right now, because, no, okay, we met last year, pre-pandemic. Uh, we talked about 
what was in store for everybody this year. And the, the term COVID or this lockdown never came out during this time. And, you know, people say, oh, it's going to be a good year for this one, not a good year for, for this somebody with this sign. But all of a sudden, COVID hit and everything got affected. And, you know, um, some local feng shui consultants even got a beating because they were saying, you know, para, oh, wala ka palang alam eh, because uh, look, look what happened. You said it'd be a good year ahead of you. So how, how do you reconcile what, with COVID, what actually happened and why 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 didn't feng shui consultants know what was going to happen sure sure so going back to kind of when we talked about what feng shui is and what feng shui isn't again feng shui is not fortune telling i will repeat feng shui is not fortune telling we will not look into a cloud of dust and then based on the pattern we will say oh you know this is what's going to happen in seven and a half weeks right <laughs> if a person like that exists i would love I would love to meet that person. <laughs> anyway, it's not fortune telling. So, go, so going back to what Feng Shui is, right? It's all about reading energies. And again, applying that to math, it's all about probabilities. It's saying that given these patterns of energy, this is the likely outcomes of what happened. So, as you mentioned, right? You know, in terms of the specific word pandemic or COVID or you know a coronavirus uh, variant nineteen and so on. I think w when we did the readings last year, there were a few things that came out in terms of symptoms that if I think back about, you know, what were these symptoms and what did it have to do with COVID? So I remember one of the things we looked at were the elements of the year. So every year there's a specific uh, mix of elements and uh, animals, uh, animal science that will tell you kind of what's going to happen. And there was definitely instability that, that showed up because of that. One of the things that was going to be affected was on the health side. On the health side, there were there were two elements that again, this is on the general side. There were two elements that were weak. One of one of them was metal, and that had to do metal has to do with the respiratory respiratory system. The second one was uh, water, and water had to do has to do with the immune system, the kidneys. So if we think about the nature of the virus, right, it attacks your breathing and it attacks those who have lower immune responses and Immunity. so on. So, yeah. so that was one thing that made me think, huh, yeah, exactly right. And then the second thing was, you know, one thing that came out as a sign was people should save and have three to six months worth of savings and so on. If we think about it, because people lost their jobs and people had a harder time with their businesses, you really needed a more financial footing for a rainy day. And I can't think of a bigger rainy day than what happened for 8 billion people in the world, right? So this is you know another kind of symptom that uh, that we saw that, hey, this might have applied to what happened. And then lastly, we talked about during our you know, Chinese New Year event that you hosted, we talked about the 60-year cycles and the 12-year cycles and how the rat was the first of 12 and how the golden rat was the first of 60. So if you think about you know 60-year cycles and how they coincide it's almost like my, my analogy would be if you have an administration that uh, leaves and a new one comes in, whenever you have a transition, there's always going to be a little bit of chaos and tumultuous energy. Sure. And that's oh, what, okay, I get Yeah, it. Ex exactly. Yeah. So, and then that's what causes some of these, you know, major changes. Again, right, in terms of if someone uh, said that hey, in March 12, a coronavirus will create 12% immune, all of that, right? Like, again, I don't think that person exists in the world, but I think what we can do with all of our different methodologies, and again, feng shui is really just one lens of viewing the world. There's many different lenses, right? So with this lens of what we can see 
and what we are able to advise for you know helping people cope right with energies in the world this is what we were able to recommend and i guess fortunately if we for those who were able to follow you know, some of those recommendations hopefully it helped right for instead of being risky be conservative instead of spending you should save and invest wisely you know watch out for your overall health especially these areas you know without the specific name of, of the virus itself all of those were sound advice points that hopefully helped some people get through the difficult year last year and then as we you know look to the future years um, we'll, we'll probably have similar outputs as well based on different elements science but that's kind of how i think back and reflect of what happened last year which is through the year like no other so yeah enjoying this conversation check out the lonely hearts podcast where we have conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts minds and misunderstood geniuses of this world together you and i will help make sense of our own personal worlds in these uncertain times reluctantly and lazily hosted by aspire philippines editor at large sarge laquesta brought to you by aspire philippines in partnership with podcast network asia available wherever you get your podcasts See you there. Truly a year like like no other, I guess. At least in our lifetime, unless you take all the six thousand years, and you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, you take a longer term perspective <laughs> and know. see it that way. Oh, but I, I hope that is very true. I hope this doesn't sound like it's fortune telling, but rather, I mean, now people are just curious. When you look again at the math, when you look again at everything, is there a particular time when you think it's going where where the science might where the data might say it might end at this time or there's a there's a or what we should do moving forward what are you seeing there yeah i think in terms of the time when it's going to end i think that's the wrong question because okay. uh, as we've seen right like the action with uh, this is really the actions of a lot of people there's there's kind of the stimulus and now the, re- the reaction part right so the stimulus has happened and now and now the question of the reaction we see different countries responding in different ways i mean i think israel is the best example of how to administer in a very systematic way right this this vaccine the us unfortunately we had some hiccups along the way i won't get into that so it's it's going to vary by country right and and, and so on so uh, i think for me the, the key thing though this year is if we look at the energies there's going to be a lot more calm energy because of the nature of the ox the Ox is a yin animal versus the rat, which is a yang animal. So yin has to do more with more subdued energy, more calm. The yang energy is usually more frenetic. So that's usually why we see in even years, even in world activity, right? That's sometimes what happens with trends. So this year looks to be calmer. And also the nature of the energy is a yin metal, meaning... This yin metal, if we think about last year, the uh, which is a metal year as well, but the yang metal, it was similar to like an axe or a sword, like a weapon. But the yin metal is something more like a you know piece of jewelry, like gold. So it's a lot more defined. And given that, uh, in terms of the, the signals, it, sh- it should be less chaotic. Another thing, though, is this year also has a metal is also not so for- favorable this year, which has to do with the health of the lungs. Meaning, there's it's still going to persist definitely this year, and I think given a lot of projections, like I, I read one by the Economist, uh, it'll even for first world countries, it's going to persist uh, before herd immunity till 
uh, end of this year in some countries in the Philippines. Unfortunately, it was 2023 based on that projection. So again, we'll see, right? How, like how things progress, but uh, again, just be just for people to be cautious. Like metal of the lungs is not looking favorable again this year, so they take precaution. Same with water, which is your immune system. So two years in a row, um, but expect less volatility than last year. So you don't have to brace yourself emotionally, physically, financially, and so on. It should be less volatile than last year. Got that. Very interesting, Patrick. Thanks so much. Now, I, I guess right now, um, what I want to, you know, it, it, it's, you know we, we can get to a really long discussion about, about feng shui and explaining the foundational principles of it and all. But for the benefit of people listening here right now on the show, these are people who are um, entrepreneurs, and also, also businessmen uh, listening to this show, how exactly do they have, knowing that right now, okay, there's a certain math to it, there's a certain science to it, which they can appreciate. And they also know right now that you said that there's a Chinese metaphysics is, the, is of the person and feng shui is, is sort of like the, for the place, no? How, does it, how should it affect their business decisions moving forward? I guess maybe that's the, that's the way that they can think about it. Yes. How does feng shui and Chinese metaphysics, which are two, right? Impersonal yes. and place. How does it affect my businesses moving forward? How does it make, affect my business making decisions moving forward? Sure, sure. So in terms of the, on the feng shui side first, which has to do with the place, uh, and again, this could be your, your office or even your home office because a lot of us are working from home these days. For me, it's always helpful to think in frameworks. This is kind of just training from business school. So the framework that most closely resembles this, it comes from business, is a SWOT analysis. So, you know, the two by two where you look at your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So on the feng shui side, one axis would be similar to SWOT. What, is it helpful or is it harmful for you? And this has to do with mapping the energies and understanding what the energies are. Is it helpful or harmful? On the other axis, instead of, you know, is it internal or external, it's really more what has long-term energies and what are shorter term energies and longer term would be more you know it's fixed with the pace the characteristics and you know the forms the entrance way and, and so on and then the short term really has to do more with the energies of the year so for example you know with the, for the metal ox what does that bode for the, the energies so the two by two matrix uh, that we usually put together, and again we when we consult with businesses, we take a look at data points. We look at the um, the property, um, the characteristics. We look at the construction date, the groundbreaking date, you know, direction, the compass directions. All of those come into like our data mix, our data inputs, and then the output is it's really um, five different kind of elements or, or aspects that are helpful for, I would think, any business. The first aspect has to do with wealth or how do you improve the prosperity of your business. The second aspect has to do with career or the professional advancement of the people and also the leaders of the business. The third has to do with relationships. So normally with people, it has to do with you know, romantic relationships or family. The business side, it really has to do more with Say if you're in sales, are you able to make good relationships with your clientele, your customers, and then even with your colleagues if you're uh, working in the back office? And if you're a boss, how do you get along with your team, engagement scores, and so on? So that's the relationship side. Fourth is health. So if you have you know, human capital as one of your main assets and they're always sick, then that's not good. So you should take care of the health mm -hmm. of your people. And lastly, this is general negative energy that is energy. 
that knowing where it is so you can uh, subdue it. So what we do, you know, kind of just think about that framework, the output or the outcome is we come up usually with a grid or uh, analysis of, of the property or the home where we're able to map out for all the directions, you know, the, the north sector, the southeast sector, the north sector and whatnot. And we're able to find out where all of these different energies are from a permanent perspective and an annual perspective. And then we're able to advise, okay, if, for example, you're, you already have the property, what can you do? What can you put in certain areas? If you're still thinking of the property, what are some options? And we can give you here's kind of the luckiest configuration or properties that you can have. And then already, if it's, even if it's existing and it's really just not good, then we can recommend sometimes like, you know, tearing down walls or moving things around. But again, that's kind of the last resort. It's, it's really mm -hmm. understanding the chi flow, the energy flow, and then uh, giving them recommendations on what they can do. So again, like it's better to have kind of more specific knowledge about the specific properties or the directions. But in terms of annual energies, uh, there's kind of just three directions that I wanted to give folks. And there's nine total, but I just wanted to focus on kind of the main three for people, for people to be aware. The first one is the direction of wealth. I think a lot of people go into business, maybe except for nonprofits, uh, but a lot of people go into business to accumulate wealth. And even for nonprofits, because when they do that, they're able to funnel back the wealth for their causes. So the direction for wealth this year is the West. So the West sector is something you have to pay attention to. And again, this is for the year of 2021, the metal ox. What are things you can do in that wealth sector? The easiest thing, for any positive sectors, activated, and when we say activate, it's to infuse energy. So this would be uh, things like um, you know, if there's a door there, use it. If you can stay in that place, stay in that place and have it versus being unoccupied. And you can even put things that are moving. So for example, like water features, water fountains is mm -hmm. a popular one. You can also put uh, plants or flowers because you're living things and they also move. And lastly, uh, you know, and this is one of uh, Prince's favorites, like uh, electronic devices that move, so a clock with, with the moving hand. So you put things like that in that sector, that will help activate the good energies. And again, this year, it's in the West, it's for wealth. In the West, uh, okay. Correct, correct. The second one, it has to do really more with uh, career. So this is for advancement. And regardless if you're you know, starting out, mid-level, or even higher level, if you want advancement, to enhance the advancement energy this year for a career and even for academics, for students, uh, this year is in the East. So again, things to activate it would be uh, you know, the water fountain, the fox, et cetera. And as you mentioned earlier, we have certain feng shui items we can put there in that uh, place so that it will activate it. And then lastly, it's an energy called the disaster energy. So you know, kind of in the nine energies, this is kind of the, the arch villain, so to speak. So this is the one that's the most, um, you know, if we think of Ballis Fire, this would be Prince Zardos, for example. Okay, so Prince Zardos. Okay, this, got it. This would yeah. be the so this would be the energy we don't want to activate. And this year it's in the Southeast. So things you can do not to activate it is if you can not occupy the area, that's one or not have any activity or renovations, things of that nature. Don't, don't put clocks or don't put uh, plants or water fountains. And then most important, don't put the color red. And the reason for this is the energy with this disaster star has to do with the element of Earth. And in the, um, the structure, the, the framework of the elements, fire feeds Earth. So if you put red, which is fire, 
it will enhance this negative energy which you don't want. So those are kind of three energies I wanted to highlight what people can do. Again, this is for this year. The, the good thing is for next year, uh, because it's called Swan Kung or Flying Star, the energies move to different directions. So for example, next year, the wealth will be in another direction and then the, the disaster in another direction. And we, we come up with, uh, we publish this every year to different uh, forum, like in Bulletin, or we have uh, our book as well at the in the Yin Yang shop that tracks where these energies are. And we've had clients, for example, for many years now that have a set uh, number of items and they really just move it around because the turn around. So, for example, if they have a brass gong, which is for disaster energy, you basically bong it six times to dispel the negative energy. You move it from one direction to the next every year. So you're able to, again, reuse the same items. You don't have to buy a lot of new items every year. That's another thing I wanted to mention. A lot of these items don't expire. <laughs> They don't have, uh, they're not like milk. Uh, they, they can last for years, especially if they don't break, right? And a lot of things we have don't break. So that's another myth I want to dispel that, hey, whatever you bought in previous years does not work. Uh, again, that can't be further from the truth. We've had clients with the same items for 20 years now. So <laughs> anyway, uh, th those are just some things on the feng shui side. Uh, and hopefully that will give some folks uh, some idea of what they can do using this kind of SWOT analysis framework of helpful and harmful energies. And then is it long-term or a short-term type of effect on my business? So with that, I wanted to shift more to the person, which you mentioned the metaphysics side. Yes. And the framework, and the framework I wanted to use here is, uh, we learned this in Ateneo, it's the 3C analysis when you look at kind of a strategy. And here, the strategy is yourself. And three C's, uh, for folks not familiar, they have to do with analyzing the company or the corporation, which is you, analyzing your customer, and analyzing your competitors. So using that kind of framework in mind, for metaphysics, the key thing really is your birth data. So when you were born, um, you know, what time zone, and even the, even the time or hour of your birth. That's the main key information we need. And you know, we call it Quet D or Papsa. So once you're able to put this into a chart, what we call the luck chart or the luck pillars for, for your life, we're able to determine pretty much everything. So one of it would be what element you belong to and what is favorable for you and not so favorable. So for example, if you're a uh, certain water horse or you're a certain fire pig, what will be favorable and not so favorable for you from an element perspective? And these elements come with it uh, certain things like what your like, colors what items should you have, even what what shapes are luckier for you. And you're able, a lot of our clients have been able to use this for things like their business name or even their logo. So for example, if they're for if they're lucky with metal, which is a round shape, they're able to incorporate you know, certain round things in the logo, or if it's earth, which is more square shape, how did they in, in, uh, put that in there as well? And even the types of businesses. So for example, if someone is more compatible with, say, the fire business, fire has to do with, say, technology as, as one of the examples. So they might be well-served in computer engineering uh, or you know, uh, robotics. So we've had clients, for example, a lot of them uh, actually don't consult for themselves, but they consult for their children. So they're going mm -hmm. to college and Princess used to do a lot of this. And this is one of her passions. Uh, they would ask like, hey, my son is now, you know, 
fourth year high school, he's thinking of college. Uh, what are some compatible fields for him to go to, for him to help make his decision? And and she would give you know the reading and um, and so on. And it would it, it would be a guide. Again, it's a data point for making a decision to say here's a range of options that are available to you if you want to pursue and be kind of in line with your energies. And it'll still depend on the person. And the good thing is there's a range. So in uh, fire, for example, it can range from, again, technology all the way to politics. So, you know, it, depending on the proclivity of the person, they can decide where they want to go. But I think from a perspective of, again, knowing yourself, which is, I think, a, a Socratic saying, the company, which is you in this sense, you get really to know yourself. What's my day master? What are my fortunate elements and whatnot? What are my good industries going to? What uh, color or element should I infuse into this business? So all of those things, uh, again, it's driven off of the birth chart of the person. So that's how they can do that. Um, on the flip side, when we think of customers and competitors, these are really more external. And what we've seen in the past, how people have been able to use this for themselves is, let's say they have you know, a big client or they have certain competitors. For the elements, they all have a relationship with each other. So it can be either, you know, you get along with the person, so you're both water people, so you get along. Or it might be you support someone, you know, your their wood and your water, so you support them, or vice versa, they support you. There's also a relationship where you can influence a person or they can influence you. So if you have, for example, some key people that you're doing business with, a lot of our clients uh, use our PATSA chart in our website. They find out mm -hmm. the birth chart is their uh, big clients or competitors even, just so they know how to have the right relationship with them. And then you're able to, again, since knowledge is power, you're able to use that to maximize or to optimize your situation. So I would say those are some ways that they can uh, introduce metaphysics into their life. Again, we'll, we'll be coming up with a more detailed, uh, yeah, later this week on CNN and some other outlets, we'll talk more into detail about what it means if you're a rat, what it means if you're a goat, what it means if you're a pig, uh, and so on. Uh, if not, we'll spend, we might spend another RRG <laughs> just going. I know exactly. I know, I know exactly. Uh, yes, but, yes, yes. But yeah, I think that that's, that's one way they can see that, okay, I am a year of the water goat and day of the fire dog. What does this year mean for me? And, and when we consult with clients, we build files on them and dossiers, so to speak. So we're able to, to find out over the years uh, how things have been able to progress and, and, you know, and help them. And a couple of things as well that clients go to our help for. One is date section. So when is it a good day to open a business? When is it a good day mm -hmm. to sign contracts? When is it a good day to buy a house or buy property? We have that in our diary and it comes from the uh, the Chinese almanac. So it's really just transcribed for uh, for ease of use. So that's what we have uh, in terms of you know, how we can apply kind of the metaphysics side to the person. So kind of just wrap up, again, it's the place in the person and there's two different frameworks or two different ways of thinking about it that if you are able to apply it in the right way, then it should be able to maximize your luck your property slot, and ultimately, you know, uh, your you, you get toward your life goals. And you talk about it as being data points. I think that's the best way to look at it. These are data points that you're giving somebody when he looks at both the Chinese metaphysics and the feng shui. So it means that I can also technically ignore data points, right? I mean, some people, they say, oh, ayoko sumunod sa feng shui. And well, so what do you say to that one? That just means that I don't, what happens if they don't follow the data points? So... 
the beautiful thing is we're we're all born to be free beings. <laughs> Everyone has a choice, right? So it's like you go to your doctor and they say uh, your cholesterol level is 307. If you don't stop eating sugar, you might die. And again, it is your choice whether you want to keep eating sugar or you you don't want, right? We're all free beings. So what we give is advice. We give probabilistic data points of what outlooks can look like in the future. What's that old saying? Uh, we can point you toward the door, but you have to walk through it, right? So again, it's just helping you, helping people understand along the way, and then ultimately they can you know get to the destination they want. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Patrick, having said that, no, I think many people right now are very curious to find out. Okay, we've said all that one. And one of the, the, the nice things about, you know, when I do Chinese New Year together with Yin and Yang Shop of Harmony is telling us, okay, what are the great businesses that are coming up uh, for this year? And I know that you've got a framework for it because there are basically three different industries you're looking at. I guess that's, that's stocks and real estate or other new businesses to get into. What can you say in general, I guess, no, in general for this coming year? Sure, sure. So... For me, I would, uh, when people usually ask about, hey, I want to put my money somewhere, there's, uh, and this is coming more from my, from my finance background, there's three general areas. The first is investing in a business. It could be a startup or it could be, you know, a bigger company or private equity, something along those lines. Uh, second is real estate or property. And then the third would be the stock market. So first, let's talk about uh, investing in the business. The good elements this year look to be fire. And wood and fire businesses, which were also actually luck last year. The fire businesses are technology, and this would be both uh, software, hardware, and this would include you know cloud, robotics, and and whatnot. Uh, second is energy, so energy generation, so petrol or you know gas, oil. So that should uh, that's looking to be good this year as well. Uh, food actually um, is looking to be good as well, and then communications and social media. Those are some examples of fire industries that uh, are looking to be better than average in terms of luck. The second is wood industries. So wood industries, the big one would really include anything that has to do with the home. So this would be like you know, furniture, design, architecture, you know, things of that nature. And I think it's poignant now that a lot of people are working from home. So people are looking to um, get into that. Some other good industries would be education or training, consultancies, um, journalism, and then also legal industry. Those are all wood industries. So uh, those look to be, again, uh, better than average. But in terms of hierarchy, fire is like number one and wood's number two. And then the others are kind of average or slightly below. So those are from a lens of businesses that, that would be good. Second, in terms of property, the the thing really with property that people have to understand is because they ask, oh, should I buy land this year? My question is, which land? Because as we talked about earlier, uh, if we do that SWOT analysis, right, for the permanent energies and what's helpful or harmful, it really depends on the land. And look at the directions and what year it is, it's going to be built or ground broke uh, and whatnot. So all of those things 
are really important to know. So if you're thinking of property, investing in property, again, what I would advise is go to, if again, it's your choice, go to a feng shui expert and they can advise you of what are the good properties uh, to get and what might be not so good. So that's the thing about property that pretty much uh, is true year over year. It, uh, you need to get a little bit more information uh, when we talk about property. And then last one is stock market. So I think we've all heard about you know GameStop and uh, pretty recently, right? And uh, all of the uh, uh, Bitcoin, right? And, and so on. And um, Robinhood, these are becoming part of our vernacular now. So with this one, I did a couple of things. One was just research on, if we look at, let's say, equities, the equity market, what has been the performance over the past number of years? And does it have to do with, say, it's year of the rabbit or year of the dog? Is one year better than the next? And interestingly enough, the economist came up with a study <laughs> that uh, looked at stock market returns from the Dow as a proxy for global equities for the past 120 years, 1900. So they basically took all the years and then got the uh, both the nominal and the real returns to figure out you know, what it was over time. And then they categorized it to what are all the years of the rat, so 1900, 1912, 1924, and so on. Um, and then they got the means or the averages of each one. So there, there were three interesting outcomes. <laughs> uh, the first one was there is a difference per year. Some years are... 3x, 4x the returns of another year, which is for me pretty interesting. It wasn't average. It was, there was definitely some distinctions. The second interesting thing when I then took that data and put it into a more ordinal uh, arrangement, each year followed some sort of, it followed like a 12-year cycle, which mirrors kind of the economy in a weird way. <laughs> and if we think about it, the last economic cycle, the, the last downturn was in 2008, right? When we had the real estate crisis and the housing crisis in the U.S. has spread throughout the world. And then 2020, where we had this COVID crisis, which was 12 years ago. So the funny thing is, like again, these things have a way of happening over and over again. And then lastly, when I took a look at the seasons, because each animal has a season. So for example, the rat belongs to winter and then the rabbit belongs to spring. Uh, the average year for returns for these uh, winter and fall years the best year for returns was the spring. The worst year for returns was summer years. And again, these are like statistically different from each other, which made me think this is, <laughs> this is quite interesting. So anyway, long story short, sorry for going to a data geek rant, but the, the key thing there is there seems to be some sort of historical pattern to stock market returns. And again, the big caveat is past performance is not sure future returns. But for the year of the ox, which is coming, the returns look to be positive, but slightly below average. <laughs> so again, it's a data point, right, if you want to invest. But uh, given the past 120 years, again, this is the economist that did the analysis uh, getting data from the Dow. It still looks to be positive, but slightly below average. So that's from an equities perspective. People sometimes ask me about Bitcoin and crypto and Ethereum and whatnot. So for, for me, the key thing there is, are you investing or are you gambling? A lot of people want to make a quick buck. So they invest in GameStop one day where it's $4 and then goes up to 400 right? And then now it's down to like $50. So that's really more gambling. Investing, um, for me, my guru is Warren Buffett. Like he's you know, uh, the, the Oracle of Omaha. And he said investing should be boring. Uh, it, should, 
it it shouldn't be like Vegas where you don't know if it's gonna be red or black, right? It should be like feng shui. Follow a very set principle of patterns and structure so that you're able to know what are your long term goals, what are you trying to do, and then you you do it and rinse and repeat. And that sh- it should be like that. So that's just kind of my two cents of. Uh, some of those different investment ideas for next year in terms of businesses, property, and equities. So in terms of equities, we should try to invest this year in businesses that are involved in both fire and also wood. You can either do those, bis- you can either do those businesses or invest in those businesses. Am I right to, to say that? Correct. 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 So for example, if I think of technology, like let's say the NASDAQ stocks or the, um, the FANG stocks, right? You know, and again, I'm, I'm not endorsing any stocks here, but those would be kind of the industries that were from from a metaphysical perspective did with us also fire last year and they tended to do well they rebounded much quicker than some of the other sectors and again it's fire again this year so uh again past performance is not any future returns but just given kind of where the energies are lying and um how they're arranged this is what it's looking like not that Patrick, I don't know. If, I I don't know if Princess was able to pass on to you. I know that you've had a dossier on me and my wife, actually. So I mean, <laughs> for for the people just listening here right now, I, I'm not sure if you still remember or can recall. No, I was I was think I was born the year of the tiger, June 10. Na kung malabas yung edad ko, di ba? I was June 10, 1974. So that was that was the year. And I remember that uh, Princess was telling me that there's a feng shui for the date, feng shui for the specific time. So, so people understand much better. Using myself as an example, what have you seen, I mean, or is, is what can you see that's coming up for me this year, and how does it relate back with data for with your data points? Sure. So, in terms of the the life pillars, there's four different uh, kind of verticals made up of two characters each or two two elements. Uh, the first is the year, as you mentioned, and that one's like a lot of people know or can remember a year annually are. So, for example, like for yourself. Uh, 73, right? Four, that would be yeah. the wood yeah. tiger. 74. Uh, 74. Oh, yeah. 74, the wood, wood tiger. And then the, the next in line is the month. So month has to do with uh, which where in the month you were born. And, and it also is an animal element. And then there's also the day. And then there's the hour. So in terms of those four, the year has to do more with kind of your environment and uh, the world around you, so to speak. So it doesn't affect the new, it's more indirect than direct, but it's still important. The most important actually is the day. So if you know uh, what your day element is, or we call it the day master, then you can find out if you're a you know a strong water dog or a weak fire pig. That one is actually the strongest kind of determinant of your energies, because that has to do with you, your household, things that are direct on you. And then lastly, um, yeah, the, the other two, the month has to do more with your career. So from a career perspective, it could be if you're, you know, you have a business or you're still studying or you're an employee somewhere, uh, the hour has to do with your professional life. And then lastly, the time, uh, it has to do more with the future, uh, kids, if you have them, your investments, your plans. So that's kind of the mix of, of those four different elements. And we call it in... Chinese apaths are quite key. Literally, it means eight characters because it's four pillars, two characters each. That, that's where you get the eight. So, for example, for you uh, being a tiger, 
there's certain things to watch out for this year and certain things that you can look forward to. So in terms of the, what you can look forward to, a, a couple highlights. One is it's actually a good year for you for relationships in terms of strengthening your relationships. And this is where your energy will come from. So this could be your immediate you know, family, close friends, your close circle. And this would also be your work uh, family, so to speak, and your colleagues and your, your circle. So two things. One is fostering what you have so that you're, they can be a source of strength for you and that would be reciprocal in nature. And then two is also making new connections so that you're able to constantly grow your network. You're able to get to know more people, leverage these relationships from a professional perspective, but also from a personal perspective. So that's one. The second is you have what's called the nobleman star or benefactor star. Uh, Princess might have mentioned something similar in the past. And mm-hmm. usually in uh, this one is you, you'll be getting help from people in authority. And for you, it's usually it's either male or female where the, where the help comes from. For you, it's more going to be coming from males. So that's something to just be aware of. And then in terms of uh, what to watch out for, there's a couple energies that are present. One is, uh, it's like an emotional star that really brings more feelings of isolation. And what this could lead to is, you know, anxiety, depression, and all that. So just things to watch out for. If you're feeling a little low or in the doldrums, just try to talk to people, get yourself out of that headspace, and then, uh, you know, try to manage your emotions, so to speak. So you don't have those feelings of isolation. And then second is, you may find that plans, your plans may change abruptly. So you may have a certain way of progressing down one road and then all of a sudden things out of your control happen and you have to pivot. So the key thing is just, you know, if they will happen, just be flexible, be adaptable and just get ready to pivot. And I think, you know, just looking at your background, right, of how many hats do you have now? (laughs) Uh, I think you're more than capable of pivoting and being adaptable. So that I'm not too worried about you. But just just to be aware, again, these are some energies that are uh, present that uh, that could affect you. So again, forewarned is forearmed. So uh, I'm glad that, you know, I was able to share some of that with you. And I'm glad people are listening right now so they get to see what's in store for them this year. And then, you know, Patrick Lee has that database of knowledge with him. Holy Hiritalanda, Patrick, I hope you don't mind because, you know, this is such a great talk. But people are coming in saying right now, hey, I'm a sheep. Hey, I'm a rabbit. So my wife, my wife is, you know, she doesn't look it, but she's 1975. What was she again? Um, uh, year of the rabbit. Year of the rabbit. How are the rabbits looking like? Rabbit, yeah. What, what yeah. month was she born? June 9, 75. So June uh, June 75 would be rabbit. So in terms of the different animals, there's certain animals with a lot of good stars or energies. As we discussed earlier, they were the harmful and helpful. The tiger has a lot of helpful energies. Unfortunately, the rabbit uh, doesn't have as many. <laughs> so there will be challenges for the rabbit this year. And okay, what this means is you may have headwinds. Yeah, you may have headwinds like you have plans and parang you'll find that you're getting, it's uh, there's this friction or it's not as smooth as you want it. So the key thing there is just treat this as a fear of growth and treat every challenge like a learning opportunity so that when you're able treat to you know, see the challenge, you're able to face it, exactly, you're able to learn from it. And then you'll find at the end of the year, you'll be able to take off, hey, these are the things I was able to overcome. And look what I learned from it. So I think that's a mindset to have for the rabbit this year. Two things to watch out for. 
One is uh, similar to the tiger. There's my emotional ups and downs. So just keep an even keel. Don't be too high or don't be too low. Just try to stay even keel. And then also watch out for the health of your elders. And this is both on a physical health and emotional, mental health. And especially with the pandemic, right? Like a lot of people feel, you know, closed cabin fever and all that. So just uh, check up on them and then take precautions with their health if they need checkups or uh, medicines and so on or vitamins. So those are some pieces of advice for the rabbit. I'm make sure my wife, uh, my wife takes note of that. She's actually been taking note, and she pulled out her birth certificate just to show me the time of the time that she was born. And, and, and princess had actually, uh, princess had actually all her records, uh, you know, prior to this time. Yeah, uh, we do. Last year, my manager Ben, when when were you born? He's a fire sheep. So how is it like for a fire mm. sheep this year? So the sheep's interesting. So uh, using a Voltus five analogy, uh, if Voltus fiber Earth, uh, the sheep this uh, this uh, every animal has a Bosanian uh, counterpart. So, like the arch enemy. And for example, like last year with the rat, their clash or conflict animal was the horse. This year is the ox. Their clash or conflict animal Ooh. is the goat or the sheep. Yeah, yeah. So, it's what we call a taisui, which is like there's a grand duke that you're offending as well. Here's some, uh, here's some pieces of advice when you go through this. This will definitely be a year of change. And the key thing is, do you want the change to happen to you or do you want to affect the change? So meaning, if you know it's going to happen anyway, might as well make plans to where you want to go, what you want to be, and then take the steps to go there so that you're able to actually design what your future is going to look like. So it's a, it'll be a given, there's going to be some element of change. Just do things that will that you, you think you're where you want to go. And then that will help you. It, it'll make it an easier, an easier year. And then uh, two things that they can do to help subdue some of this energy. One is to host or and happy celebrations. And it could be virtual. It could be in person with their quarantine pod. Uh, when there's celebrations, because it invokes positive energy. And when we think of when we go to parties or even Zoom meetups now, we feel a lot better afterward. Uh, than we than we did before, so that's one thing to help subdue some of the goat's energy this year. And then second is giving to charities or volunteering. So any chance that they can genuinely donate somewhere, I call it the three T's. If you can donate either your time, your talents, or your treasures, find opportunities to do that. And it could be for uh, you know a big cause or big charity, or it could even be for people you know, like a, a family member, friend, or even a stranger, like on an individual basis. So those two things both can do this year so that they'll be able to subdue some of the negative energies. And some actually they'll find that it might be the best year for them. So just as a wow. personal example, last year was the year of the rap. And my my day, for example, is horse. So this was the clash. So then I made a conscious decision, okay, pandemic and so on. How do I want to design my year so that I'll make it productive? So this is when I got a lot more involved with investment. So I did equity derivatives. <laughs> mostly in the US more from the credit side so and last year turned out from a return perspective not to be the, my best return year ever so again you can decide parang, okay woe is me I'm just gonna let this happen to me or no no I'll take control what do I want to do so again I studied I, I was able to spend time on it 
fortunately. And then I was able to you know, uh, increase my knowledge and then it turned out to be a pretty good year. So it's all up to you. It's all there in front of you and the, really the path is how you take it. Well, thanks so much, Patrick. I mean, there's so much. I mean, people are going to start flooding in with, with their own dates of their own lives. You know? But then if you want to consult with our good, the good folks from Yin and Yang Shop of Harmony, if you want to consult with them right now, uh, again, you can see on the screen right now how to consult with the Yin and Yang Shop of Harmony. And very soon, also on the same website, Patrick, they can see the schedules, the Bob. Basically, they want to see the, the schedules for uh, Yin and Yang in terms of the year. What can they find also on the website? Sure. So a few different things. One is uh, explanation of a lot of things we talked about earlier, which is feng shui and, uh, and even some of the history of our shop and how we came to be, uh, you know, going back to my mom and princess, working with Paul Lau and some of her other business partners over the years. And we're located in the New World Hotel in Makati. And we do things like personal consultations, consultations for properties, and even things like you know date uh, recommendations for certain events, name selections, and so on. So uh, you, you'll find a list there, and we'll be happy to help out uh, in whatever way we can. And fortunately now, thanks to technology, we're actually able to do a lot of these consultations virtually. So uh, in the past few weeks, I've been able to consult with people from Manila, from the U.S., from Canada, and then Soon I'll do some. Uh, next week I have one with uh, Spain. So again, fortunately with this virtual environment, uh, we're able to use technology to still move forward. So yeah, again, and then some other things you can find there as well as some of our items that we have in terms of what to do to enhance your relationships or your health or your wealth sector and so on. So those are just some things you can find. And most importantly, we also have a calculator there. So that you put in your birth date and you can find out again, not just your year, but your hour, your day, and then your time. And again, uh, take a screenshot, snapshot of that because it's very important. And then really knowing what your day is, that really determines a big part of your overall life. Thanks a lot, Patrick, for sharing that. And like you said earlier on, a very important thing for many of us was to understand, like you said, to, for me at least, no, was that you know I, I might have to change business abruptly. And, and as an entrepreneur, that's very key. That, you know, you have to be quick. You have to be agile. So for many people right now, uh, me, you're the tiger, other people, they have to learn how to reinvent their business. And it's just a good thing that our friends from Globe are helping us reinvent our businesses with Globe My Business, business great products and solutions. We just like to remind everybody that the Globe My Business digital shop, if you can show here right now on screen, Nathan, uh, the links to the Globe My Business shop, it's now available to help you start with your journey towards digitalization for your businesses, especially if you aren't quite there yet, if you were listening earlier on to what uh, Patrick had to say, it's it's a year of the fire. So a lot of businesses which are technology-related are there. So hopefully you bring your business online. The Global Business Shop can provide all the right business essentials and tools to kickstart every person's SME business dreams by supporting their journey through digitalization. So hopefully everybody uh, goes online right now. Any last things to say about going going digital, Patrick? I mean, you, you, you've seen some signs. Well, what are you saying? Especially... For the SMEs who need to go online or, or for traditional businesses that are still hesitant to go online, uh, what's your take and maybe how does Feng Shui work in that picture? Sure. So since fires is uh, good this year and that has to do with technology, again, technology is a friend. So I worked for about eight years in Silicon Valley, so I can see the transformational power of technology. And I think what's important is how can you then apply it for your own business? It doesn't mean that you have to now be a computer engineer or something. You can just see how can I use technology in my business. So if we think back to the pandemic, the ones that did well were, let's say, food businesses that were able to adapt pretty quickly. 
and were able to use you know, online orderings or deliveries to help bolster their business while others flailed. So use all of these knowledge points to your advantage, and then you'll see your business not just survive, but also thrive. Well, thanks a lot, Patrick. And thanks for staying awake and, and joining us here right now. You know, it, it was my fervent wish that maybe this year we would get to celebrate live and face-to-face -face our Chinese New Year at New World Hotel. But hopefully next year. Uh, hopefully next year, uh, God willing. And the data points, if the data points tell us it's possible, I would love to see you guys again next year. Uh, my best to you and your parents. Thanks so much. We continue to pray for, for Princess. And of course, make sure that your brother Richie is also in good health as well and your parents at the same time. So again, thanks so much, uh, Patrick Lim Fernandez of the Yin Yang Shop of Harmony. Again, thanks to everybody for listening. We invite everybody to please stay safe and stay healthy and stay home right now and practice uh, social distancing up to now. Again, this was the RJ Ledesma podcast. We will see you again for the next podcast. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>